Dateline, 1st of November, 2013. Well, g'day folks and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 274 and uh, Grant not joining us this week. That voice you hear is uh, PCDU's West Australian correspondent, Ben Jones. How are you, Jonesy? I'm very good, Steve. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back, mate. Good stepping in for Grant who, uh, as we speak, is enjoying a barbecue and is no doubt drinking lots of beer. How come we're doing all the work this late at night? Must have missed the uh, invitation. <laughs> well, you've got an excuse, I guess, because you live on the other side of the country, but uh, you know, I don't live that far from Grant. That's, you know, going to have to have a talk to particularly when I'm on two weeks leave. We'll have to uh, get onto that midnight post and find out where he is. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, mate, what's been happening over there in Western Australia? Much aviation news? I know it's been rather quiet here. We've got a couple of stories here in the list this week, but uh, much happening over there in Perth? It's very quiet over in Perth at the moment, but we do have one uh, one event which is going on. And that is, of course, the, uh, the, the World Flight, which is a bit of a uh, virtual event, I guess, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, mate, uh, over here in Melbourne this week, one that grabbed the headlines this week was the uh, rather unfortunate demise of a uh, Bell uh, Jet Ranger helicopter, a 206L, taking off uh, or attempting to take off from a uh, local sports ground here in Melbourne, uh, doing some uh, ferry flights in and out of the uh, Flemington Racecourse. It is at the moment the Spring Racing Carnival, and for those of you who follow the uh, the horse racing, which I don't, but you can't avoid it over here in Melbourne, it is Melbourne Cup Week, and uh, a lot of uh, executive flights coming in and out of this particular sports ground, ferrying people backwards and forwards to the racetrack on the other side of the city. Well, uh, this chopper didn't quite make it, Ben. Uh, as uh, the uh, female pilot was uh, getting ready to take off, uh, well, one side of the aircraft took off, but apparently the other didn't, and uh, well, that caused all sorts of trouble. Yeah, it seems that the uh, left-hand side or the left-hand skid is uh, raised off the ground, and the helicopter has just promptly rolled over onto its side. Here's a report that we heard on Sky News. A helicopter pilot has had a lucky escape walking away from a crash in the middle of an oval at the Collingwood Football Club. The 45-year-old woman had just dropped off passengers from Flemington Racecourse and was taking off again when the chopper suddenly came down. From what we understand, the uh, helicopter's uh, flipped over, which caused uh, one of the riders to uh, break free, gone through a marquee and into a parked car. An investigation into the cause of the crash is now underway. And uh, that pilot, a very experienced uh, pilot as well, and uh, quite well known in uh, in uh, helicopter circles uh, here in, uh, in this part of the world, that's for sure. And uh, she got away with a uh, little more than a grazed uh, thumb, it says here in this article that I'm looking at in theage.com.au. And I tell you what, Ben, uh, looking at the damage to the helicopter, she's uh, she's done extremely well to get out uh, with, with just that very slight injury. Yeah, it's amazing. I've seen a picture of the aircraft sort of in uh, in mid uh, what we would you call it thrashing itself to bits um, where you see the uh, turbine and the gearbox completely ejected outside of the uh, helicopter in mid air uh, rotor blades bent everywhere and uh, a lot of the canopy uh, glass is all um, cracked and smashed in too so very lucky lady very lucky lady and uh, very well done to her and of course this uh, is the subject now of an ATSB investigation she was in fact uh, interviewed by the local news tonight and basically said she's not making any comment uh, as it was subject to an investigation and I think that's probably very wise on her part. Now uh, another story that uh, I saw in the also in the age.com.au this week this was back on November 1st is talking about the Qantas maintenance base at Avalon which is uh, just south of Melbourne we talk quite often uh, Grant and I about the uh, I guess the impending demise of this uh, this facility it's a very large airport it's where they hold the Australian International Air Show every second year. Qantas do a lot of maintenance on their 747 fleet there but uh, of course uh, Qantas like many airlines around the world been a uh, progressive Aggressively phasing out the 
Seven, which is uh, putting about 300 aircraft uh, engineers who work there, uh, putting their jobs on the line. Qantas is uh, pretty keen to get uh, rid of those uh, jobs uh, over the next uh, coming years. And uh, they've actually put a, a proposal to Qantas management to take three months leave without pay next year uh, in a bid to save their jobs. So, um, you know, this is a very uh, desperate move by these guys, uh, you know, and you can't blame them, uh, Ben. They obviously don't want to see this work disappear. And uh, they seem to think that if they can uh, prolong it a little bit, that there might be some future work coming up in 2015. Yeah, that's amazing. Three month leave from work without pay. That's really unheard of in today's economy. Um, I don't really don't know how the guy's going to do it, but I don't know what their uh, their thought is too. Maybe they're holding out for some uh, conversion line training to do maintenance on other aircraft other than the uh, 747 fleet. Yes, it doesn't uh, seem as though they've received a particularly uh, sympathetic ear from Qantas. A uh, Qantas uh, spokesman uh, was quoted here as saying it wasn't clear how this proposal solved the problem. He said that there's no work in the hangar for around five months of each year uh, for the next four years. So uh, yeah, I'd say uh, it seems to me at this stage like they're still uh, fairly well uh, set on uh, wanting to close that facility down, which will be a great shame. Uh, of course, uh, you know, the, the line that Qantas goes with, and I guess uh, perhaps this is borne out a little bit by uh, modern engineering and the increased reliability of aircraft these days. Uh, Qantas is saying that their fleet being much newer these days on average, um, you know, a lot of their aircraft don't need as much maintenance. Yeah, I would, would assume that a lot of the new aircraft coming online too are all um, subject to uh, service agreements from the uh, aircraft manufacturers too. You know, I was actually watching a very interesting uh, documentary that's uh, on one of the pay TV channels here at the moment, which is talking about uh, the big airport there in Dubai. And I guess a lot of it centres around Emirates, but uh, it's really interesting to watch so many of the personalities that are working in that part of the world. And uh, there's not many people that seem to be local to Dubai. There's lots of Australians working over there in maintenance on those aircraft, along with a lot of Americans and people from all over the planet. It seems to be a real melting pot there. And maybe that's a new reality for people that are working in the engineering side of, uh, of the airline game these days. Well, it would make sense if you're going to have uh, huge hubs around the world for aircraft to fly in, fly out of for crews and flight crews to transit and swap aircraft. It would make sense to have maintenance facilities there. Okay, uh, now moving on, now let's talk about uh, the uh, the event uh, over there in the West at the moment, Ben, that we alluded to at the top of the report here, and this is World Flight Australia. Tell us a bit about that, mate. World Flight Australia is a uh, virtual round-the-world flight to raise money in Australia for the Royal Flying Doctor Service. The concept of a virtual round-the-world flight for charity was started by a team in the UK and has spawned to an annual event with participants all over the globe. In Perth, we have our very own World Flight Australia, which started in 2001, and over the years, World Flight Australia teams have raised over $180,000 for the Royal Flying Doctor Service. I'll tell you what, mate, when it comes to uh, fundraising for, uh, you know, aviation-type charities, if you like, I don't know that you'd even class it as a charity, but uh, i tell you what, you couldn't do it uh, any better than uh, raising funds for the Royal Flying Doctor Service. They do magnificent work, and uh, it's really vital work uh, in some really remote regions of Australia, getting around there and uh, helping uh, remote and regional communities, uh, you know, with uh, with medical services. And uh, obviously, uh, that takes a lot of money. They fly a lot of uh, very high-tech aircraft, uh, PC-12s and King Airs, I believe, and uh, yeah, we, we need to be raising a lot of funds to support that and uh, I guess doing it this way is a very fun way to do it for uh, simulator enthusiasts. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, What a better way to uh, raise money than actually hop in your uh, 747 or 777 simulator and fly around around the world. Now, uh, we should uh, point out to our listeners who are not familiar with a bit of your uh, flying history, uh, Ben, you've actually got uh, quite some experience uh, working with uh, these uh, sort of fixed-based simulators over there in your part of the world. Uh, Yes, I do. Occasionally I jump in a uh, 737-800 simulator 
simulator and sit in the right-hand seat and uh, teach the paying public how to fly a 737. Now, you were talking there about a 777 simulator, of course, over there at Perth at uh, Jandicott, I believe. They've got a uh, – is it a full-motion uh, sim they've got over there? Flight City at Jandicott Airport is not a full-motion. It's a fixed-base sim, and I've uh, quickly sat in it for five minutes and had a look at it, and oh, it is a very, very nice uh, 777 simulator. So they've got people in there at the moment uh, using that simulator. Is that right, to uh, participate in this uh, virtual round-the-world flight? Yes, they've had crews training for about a year now to do the flight, so they're operating on a 24 our basis I think for the next six days so today is day one they took off at about zero six o'clock Perth time um, and they'll be flying through to uh, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, all around the world. No worries. And, of course, so if people would like to find out more information about that, they can go to worldflight.com.au. It's a really interesting uh, event that they have here, and uh, the people that uh, run it, they take it very seriously, don't they, mate? It certainly does. They're uh, flight planning, and they're, they're doing everything. They've, they've even got uh, air traffic controllers on VATSIM, which is an online virtual air traffic network. Um, so they've also got a virtual air traffic control system, which liaises between all the different continents doing the current world flight. So it's like flying the real aircraft, but just in the virtual world. Once again, uh, worldflight.com.au. Get online there, folks, and check that one out. And uh, if you could see your way clear to uh, perhaps making a donation to the Royal Flying Doctor Service, that money will be put to very, very good use. Now, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. You know, uh, Jonesy, we were talking beforehand about uh, last week's uh, show, and they're picking on our accents. But, you know, I really think that the airplane geeks just need to look at the situation here at the podcast from our point of view. As far as I'm concerned, you and I don't have any accents whatsoever. It's everybody else that does. That certainly is the case. And I believe, Steve, you have a uh, new love for uh, Jetstar. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was. nobody was more surprised than me to hear that, mate. Anyway, well, we'll leave it there for this week. Uh, you know, Jonesy, thanks for stepping in, uh, you know, for Grant at uh, very short notice. Uh, once again, I hope he's having a good time at that barbecue while we're here working. Yeah, I wait for my invitation to arrive in the mail. I think we'll be waiting a very long time. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. I'm Grant McCarran. <laughs> Hang on a minute. No, you're not. Who are you really? And I'm Ben Jones. Cheers, folks.